Hello and welcome to Stories to Get Stoned By. I'm your host, Jason Eli. A little background, I'm getting done playing music as I so often do and hanging out in the back having a cigarette and bullshitting with the boys for a little bit and as I was enjoying my smoke, uh, another gentleman was over there enjoying his smoke as well and he walked up to me and said, man, I could listen to your voice all night long. You got a recording of you just talking? Because, man, it'd be great to get stoned to. <laughs> well, today's day and age, well, might as well get it done for you, huh? Stories to get stoned by. You might not hear stories. Maybe we'll read a cookbook or something or a how-to manual on a lawnmower. Who knows? <laughs> After all, kick back, light one up, roll it, load the bomb, heat up the dab. Stories to get stoned by. Let's face it, humans love to get high. And so it shouldn't be a shock that apparently our animal friends and some not so friendly love to get high as well. <laughs> While we're always busy enjoying and exploring new ways to expand our minds and pass the time, many animals have actually become very proficient stoners in their own right themselves, and in some cases, they even beat us to the punch. So sit back, relax, light one up, and come along with me as I play Dr. Doobliddle. (laughs) It's animals that love to get high on stories to get stoned by. Elephants are very intelligent and socially complex animals. They mourn the death of a family member, feel emotions such as joy and depression, and teach their young in order to pass knowledge down through the generations. What this means, though, is that elephants can learn what gets them high, get enjoyment from it, and then teach their young to follow suit. When it comes to drugs, elephants have acquired a taste for the iboga plant, a powerful hallucinogen. They will eat it to get a pleasurably trippy high whenever they find it. Because the young elephants learn from the old, it becomes a shared family event. Elephants have also learned that over-ripened fermenting fruit, such as that of the marula tree, will get them drunk. Whilst the idea of elephants stumbling about in a drunken haze may be amusing to some, it is actually causing an increasing alcoholism problem amongst the elephants in both India and Africa. What's more, because elephants are pretty intelligent and because of increasing interactions between our two species, they have learned that Where there are humans, there's also alcohol. What makes this scary is that elephants are, well, mean drunks. There are reports of groups of elephants literally raiding and destroying villages in the drunken rage in their continuing quest for booze. I think I like the pleasurably trippy purple elephants better, don't you? Wallabies love to get high on opium. 
There were over 690,000 acres of poppy fields in the world, and Australia is the most significant legal manufacturer of poppy seeds used in medicine to produce painkillers and opium. However, the poppy farmers have reported illegal trespassing of wallabies into the fields getting high. These cute, lovable, kangaroo-like creatures can get high as a kite. These wily marsupials have learned that these crops can act as more than just a source of food. Reports describe that the wallabies will gorge themselves on the poppies and spend the rest of the day just hopping around the field without a care in the world. These joyful creatures just get stoned and then run around in circles, trampling the flowers and causing considerable damage to the plantations until they pass out. This is a big issue in Australia and an even larger problem in Tasmania. However, I need to point out that wallabies high on opium are not aggressive, but rather cheerful and cute as hell. High as a kite and way too cute. Now really, when we're done, go straight to YouTube and look these guys up. While Cocaine Bear is now a pop culture reference, there are reports that bears do love to get high on mushrooms and jet fuel. <laughs> While it sounds like quite the combination, this is not something, of course, that happens in tandem. There are reports that bears have been eating Amanita muscara mushrooms in order to get high. Presumably in North America, where this type of mushroom is most commonly found, there is, however, to be honest, very little real evidence to back this up. What there is evidence of, however, are bears getting high off of jet fuel in Russia. Apparently, bears are bears, and they have taken to sniffing empty cans of kerosene and gasoline left at the Kronatsky Nature Reserve in the far east of Russia to get high. The fuel is used to power helicopters used by the reserve's workers, but the bears seem to have found a much better use for it. The bears have been documented to taking huge whiffs off the cans and digging themselves a shallow hole and lying there on their backs, arms and legs outstretched in a sedated stupor. Turns out the life of a worker drone bee is not all it's cracked up to be. Who'd have thunk it, right? Just the same old thing, day in, day out, a cog in the communal machine. And what do they turn to in order to take some of the weight from their shoulders? Well, alcohol. Scientists have found that bees, of course, seem to have a natural draw to the sweet embrace of 
fermenting fruit and sugars. Scientists have also found in lab studies where a constant supply is given of alcohol, and these will develop an alcohol addiction. Unlike their human counterparts, however, the only thing that appears to be stopping the worker drone bees from developing severe problems in the wild is the pressure of the hive to keep feeding the colony, and well, quite possibly some nagging from the queen to stay sober. <laughs> no joke, the bees whose usual job it is to keep out unwanted pests from the hives, such as wasps, will also stop drunk members of the colony from entering the hive and until they sober up. Wild boars native to Africa have also learned to love to dig up the roots of the Tamberenthi iboga, a narcotic plant, and eat them. This has been observed in the forests of Gabon and northern Congo. After consuming these roots, the boars jumped around erratically and, obviously in a state of panic, displayed reactions of both fear and flight. But somehow they keep coming back for more of the root. After observing the boars, humans also decided to use this plant. Getting back to the 19th century, it was described as useful to hunters since it kept them awake during the night watches. So, who was the guy who went, Hey man, that plant just made a 200 pound pig trip balls. Let me try some of that. In the vast wilderness of the Canadian Rockies, there lives a very unique and rare species of a yellow-green lichen, a lichen that has potent psychedelic qualities that, quite frankly, will fuck you right up. It is reported to take decades to grow, even on a single rock. Because of its rarity, it is extremely hard to find However, it appears to be a rare find worth pursuing, at least for bighorn sheep, that is. The bighorn sheep that are native to the area will risk life and limb to get it. Sheep are usually a social species that doesn't stray far from the herd, but will negotiate narrow ledges, knife-edged outcrops, and dangerous rock slides just to get ahead. Once they reach the lichen, they will rub their teeth down to the gum line nearly to scrape off every last bit of it. What is really surprising, though, is that the lichen has absolutely no nutritional value for these sheep. They are literally only chasing a high. Of course, I would be a very poor host and researcher if I didn't mention catnip. A fairly common garden herb, it sure seems to have some rather extraordinary effects on cats. The scent of it 
induces waves of pleasure, hand cats will come from far and wide to sit amongst it, rubbing, eating, and smelling its flowers and leaves. Initially, it is reported to have a playful effect on them, making them a lot more bouncy and even sometimes appearing to chase imaginary objects. However, as the chemicals begin to take hold, it will make them, well, more sensual. This is because the base chemicals in catnip are very similar to those found in the urine of a tomcat staking its claim on a territory. What is odd, though, is that the catnip will affect both sexes, getting them in the mood. Whereas tomcat urine only affects females, excessive catnip exposure results in cats of both sexes writhing around on their backs, horny and looking very high. While giving catnip to a horny Miss Kitty might seem like innocent fun, you might think twice about her not-so-distant cousin, the Jaguar. Much like smaller cats, Jaguars eat green vegetation to force regurgitation by cleaning their digestive systems. But it appears Jaguars love to get just as high as Miss Kitty does, and they've discovered something that does more than just cleanse the stomach. In much the same way that people now flock to the Amazon for ayahuasca ceremonies with mystical shamans, the jaguars native to the region love to snack on ayahuasca vines. The ayahuasca vines are to jaguars kind of what catnip is to our domestic cats. They just can't seem to get enough of it and it has them rolling around the rainforest floor, hallucinating and basically tripping balls. Well, while the jaguars aren't having full-fledged conversations with dead ancestors and going through a year's worth of therapy in one weekend, it does turn these fierce predators into rolling, frolicking, horny idiots. Again, who was the guy that went, Hey man, that shit just made a 348 pound cat want to make love to its own freaking shadow. Let me try some of that. The lemurs of Madagascar have found a way to pass the time as they're getting high on millipedes. Short of waiting for a Disney jungle rave, it's truly never going to happen, catching and chewing or, or rather gently biting millipedes to get them to release a psychedelic toxin is the most fun they have during the day. Madagascar's red front of lemurs have been observed picking up highly toxic millipedes rubbing them all over their nether regions and eventually swallowing them. They rub the poison and the saliva on their fur actually to protect themselves from insects, but 
they have more fun than they expected as they get stoned. Bats have a bad reputation regarding the viruses they are allegedly spreading, and of course the whole Dracula thing, and that alone might drive a bat to drink, but then again, that never really stopped them from drinking before either. The bats in Central and South America are actually quite the luscious. As they gorge on fermented fruits, they can hold up to 0.8% alcohol in their bodies and still manage to fly safely. However, much like a bad family reunion, their Egyptian cousins just can't hold their liquor that well. They do not manage to fly very safely and have been crashing with a lot less alcohol in their systems. Scientists have concluded that the Egyptian bats have fewer fermented fruits at their disposal, so they just haven't developed the tolerance of, say, their Latino counterparts. We all know that dolphins are amongst the most intelligent animals on Earth, and it might be their intelligence that led them to figure out a very clever way to get high. They achieve their desired goal by lightly chewing on a pufferfish that releases toxins when threatened. Pufferfish contain an intoxicant called tetrodotoxin, which is a neurotoxin that if humans consume this even in small amounts, we can drop dead. Dolphins, however, are very much given to getting high off the pufferfish. Scientists have found that dolphins will chew on and pass around the blowfish amongst each other, almost like some sort of aquatic bomb, to share and experience the altered state with each other. The dolphins' behavior, once they're high, resembles the behavior of those among us who, well, let's just say the dolphins have been observed floating on their backs, just beneath the surface of the ocean, staring at their own reflections for hours. Northern Australia is the only place on Earth that only has three seasons. There's a, a wet season, a dry season, and a drunken parrot season. <laughs> Just before the wet season, roughly in mid to late December, the local weeping bean trees are flowering. This brings swarms of red-collared lorikeets to the area to feed on the nectar of the tree's flowers. However, after a while, some of the birds start to sway a little bit and then start falling out of trees. However, after a while, some of the birds start to sway a little bit and then start falling out of trees. 
Locals report that the birds lack coordination, that they seemingly lose their ability to fly, and sometimes even to walk. Veterinarians say the birds act similar to drunken people. They seem to experience disorientation, agitation, laziness, and perhaps headaches. Oh, two unfortunately familiar hangover symptoms that we can all relate to. Except maybe having a loud damn lorikeet making noise while we go through it. Speaking of hangover symptoms and so-called cures, coffee is such an everyday drink that many people do not even realize that caffeine is, in fact, a drug with significant effects, especially in animals that have not built up the tolerance of someone who, say, needs a venti caramel crunch frappuccino first thing in the morning. Some animals are much more susceptible to behaving almost drunkenly after ingesting caffeine. One theory, or legend as it may be, about how caffeine as a psychoactive substance was discovered goes back to intoxicated goats in the forests of Ethiopia. According to the story, there was a goat herder named Kali who first saw the potential of the berries of the coffee plant after his goats were so energetic after consuming said beans that they jumped around erratically and did not even want to sleep at night. When Kali investigated, he saw that the goats were merrily eating the red berries and shiny leaves of an unfamiliar tree. Kali decided to try some, and when he did, he joined the dancing goats and became, quote, the happiest goat herder in happy Arabia. At least this time, we know who the guy was who went, hey man, that shit just made 300 goats to the Macarena. Give me some of that. Monkeys have been hooked on the booze for quite some time. Perfect monkeys in the Caribbean began their addiction to alcohol nearly 300 years ago when they discovered fermented sugarcane during the height of the plantation era. They developed such a liking death and all that one in five monkeys prefer drinking alcohol over water. Much like humans, one study discovered that teenage monkeys consume much more alcohol than adults. Lead co-author of the study, Jorge Juarez, says that adult monkeys drink less in an effort to be more alert and responsible. So that means about 5% of the population's of vermin monkeys are, well, alcoholics. While they started by stealing fermented sugarcane from the run factories, with the modernized production of rum and limited source, the little drunks came upon another liquor source. And tourists. With time, tourism was booming, and the tourists enjoyed sipping their cocktails as well. Hence, the little boogers decided to 
helped themselves with a glass or two. They're so hooked up that well, you can count on your drink being stolen. By vervet monkeys. Dogs in suburban Queensland have developed a taste for cane toads, or rather their toxic secretions. This invasive species is armed with a highly potent defense against predators. When threatened, it secretes a milky white fluid known as mufotoxin, which causes mild hallucinations in small doses, but can easily kill a full-grown human in sufficient quantities. Uh, the clever pooches of Queensland have apparently figured out just how much to lick to get the mind-altering effects without getting sick. Unfortunately, many of them are turning into addicts, according to one vet, and may eventually overdose on the toxic treat. This phenomenon of animals deliberately getting intoxicated by cane toes is fascinating, said veterinarian Megan Pickering. It just seems unbelievable that an animal will go back for a second try. But nevertheless, we do have many documenting cases of patients who deliberately, on a regular basis, patients being dogs, will seek out a toad and they seem to be able to lick the toad in such a way that they seem to get a very small dose, but seem to get a very large high. Saving the best for last, there is one animal in the animal kingdom that holds the crown. Reindeers love their shrews, and well, some people can agree with them. Still, reindeers figured it out and started to consume it themselves. Their favorite drug of choice is the Anamita muscularum mushroom. These mushrooms have those big red caps and they look a little like Toad from Super Mario Brothers. Scientists believe that reindeer actively seek out these mushrooms to keep themselves occupied during the long winters. These mushrooms are also known to cause visions and when reindeer eat them, they often run aimlessly about and random muscle spasms make weird noises. It has been theorized that the legend of Santa Claus and his lying reindeer can actually be traced back to these hallucinogenic mushrooms. A few hundred years ago, shamans or priests would bring a bag of these dried so-called holy mushrooms as a present on the winter solstice. With its deep red color and white spots, the mushroom even kind of fits the aesthetic we connect with Christmas. In this theory, the trip Santa takes with his reindeer is drug-induced rather than a literal trip around the world. Of course, as with any theory, they are researchers who oppose the idea of tracing Santa back to Siberian shamans, as we may 
would say it is highly unlikely that, well, any theory about the Santa Claus legend will ever really be proven conclusively. But I digress. In Alaska, reindeer do get high and share, or should we say, recycle the shrooms? The collective mushroom use begins with a front-runner, a reindeer who eats the poisonous hallucinogenic mushrooms. The toxin, however, is only partially used, and the rest is flushed out by his urine. However, the urine itself still contains high amounts of the psychoactive compounds and is used for the next one in line to get high as well. Let that sink in for a minute. People have been known to collect the reindeer's urine for the same purpose. Yet again, who was the guy who went to... No, 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 not going there. Nevertheless, I need to tell you that this cycle of consuming shrooms and urine is not so common nowadays among people, but the reindeer still do it often. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's missive of stories to get stoned by. Animals that like to get high. <laughs> If you'd like to log on to Red Circle and subscribe to me, I'd sure appreciate it. Or you could log on to that Patreon account and become a friend of 420. We try to drop these episodes every Sunday morning at 420 out Eastern Time. So, till then, keep your weed dry and your mind wide open. Great stories to get stoned by. We'll catch you next weekend.